0: Yo, 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 hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast, where I have one goal here, to bring you the best information from some of the best educators everywhere, and try to make your life a little bit better, and today is no exception. I've got a good friend of mine who is an awesome human being, an unbelievable educator, Dr. Jeff Rouse from Spear Education, and today we're gonna be observing, or taking apart the whole concept of why interdisciplinary dentistry it's just too hard for most dentists and why there are a few that take on that responsibility and go to a whole nother level. And we're going to go right into the eye of the hurricane and he's going to help us see what he's been seeing for a long time. So, Jeff, thanks for being on, brother. Appreciate it.
1: I appreciate it. That's I don't know how many times do I get some award for most times. You on get the you get Am the I cool, close. Yeah, you're you're pretty close because
0: you were one of the originals <laughs> where I called. And uh, number one, because half the time I don't even know what you're talking about because you're so brilliant. But I also I just enjoy hanging out with you, whether it be at Seattle Study Club Symposium, a lecture. Now I'm going to forever tell this story. So if you've been listening to the previous podcast, this is I've got like thirty. Good Rouse stories. Uh, One of my favorite is I'm at the Texas Dental Association. You and I are like, yeah, let's get together, we'll have a couple of drinks. And I think this was after you had me over at your house with Winter, and we're having tequila and everything. And then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna be speaking down there at TDA, and I'm like, all right, well, I just finished a couple of lectures. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself at TDA because they got these big rooms and it's all full. And then I walk up to the Jeff Rouse room, and I'm like, throw them right in my speaker badge, around. and they're like, sir, you can't go in there. And I'm like, no, I can't. I I've got one of these badges, and the lady's like, I don't care who you are. There's nowhere to stand in there. I'm like, whatever. So I go go. go in the room. I'm not joking. Every seat was full. People were lined up on the walls. Like I, and I, I had to squeeze between a couple people and I'm like, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a dentist talking about air like airway. Like, and it was amazing. Like you were on fire that day. It was awesome. Um, so I'm just here to say that if you've never experienced the magic of this man speaking, you have to. And I enjoy it all the time. And you are truly a professional. And I've told the professional story other times. You're like, you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, of all the
1: stories, that wasn't the one I thought you were gonna go no, for. The one, yeah, the one
0: was like, <laughs> okay, so I'll just go there. The professional story was this one, and you guys have heard this one. So we're at the bar at Seattle Study Club. I gotta speak tomorrow. You do too, Robbins is there. I think Margis is there, and I'm all nervous. And I'm like, I gotta go to bed. And you're like, oh, you're a wimp. Come on, have one more drink with us. And I'm like, no, I can't, I gotta speak. You guys all gotta speak tomorrow. I'm like sweating and nervous. I, and I go, and you look at me, and I think you said something like this. You know what the difference is between you and I? I go, what? You go, I'm a professional. And I was like, yes, you are. <laughs> and you guys laughed your butts off for hours. And, and then I watched you the next day, and you were like, amazing and i'm like i'm i'm never gonna be that good but uh let's start here buddy um i want people to know who dr jeff rouse is so we got a lot
1: of dental students listening who's dr jeff rouse if i've never heard your name um i am a prosthodontist in san antonio texas but um you know, actually, I'm going to start the story different than I ever have before. So, okay. And it isn't going to even entail any of the other stories that I have about you. Um, I, because we're going to talk about practicing at a different level yeah, and having a different, you mentioned dental students. And I guess one of the nice things about the podcast and their, their utilization of the podcast is getting a vision of what they may be or could be. Um, so I'll give you a different introduction. I am actually, um, from Bryan, Texas, which at the time was probably maybe 14 to 15,000 people in that range. Uh, it was next to college station, which is where Texas A&M is. So combination, possibly 40,000 people in that, in that area. Uh, when the students were around and such. a was about 12,000 students when we moved to the town. Um, 50,000 there now. So, Tiny, I, I am a East Texas small town boy mm. um, that didn't have a clue what he wanted to do. Uh, had a roommate, had a, a friend in high school that when I decided I didn't want to go to medical school, <laughs> I always tell the story I didn't want to go to medical school. There was no friggin' way I was getting into medical school. Let's just go with that. <laughs> um, but when I decided I didn't want to go to medical school and they wouldn't have accepted me, uh, I didn't know what to do. And so I took the DAT on a whim because a buddy of mine was going down there and I happened to score well enough to get in. So when I went to dental school, the first guy that gave me a tour said C equals DDS. And so that's all I knew was C equals EDS. I can make a C, I can do that. That's not a problem for me. Um, Making A's and B's would have been an issue, but C's I can handle. Mm -hmm. So I graduated right in the middle of my class and going into the last year, um, I had no idea what a dentist did because my mom never took me to one. I had been to one only a couple of times. Um, No idea what they did, how they did it. We didn't have to follow them around or anything. I didn't know what dentistry was all about. Um, And I happened to run into Bill Robbins, who you've interviewed a bunch of times. And Bill was not teaching my group, but teaching another group and uh, of more gifted dentists than myself. And he happened to let me participate in some of the things that they did, which showed me a different vision of dentistry that led me to go to a residency, led me to work in practice um, I started lecturing with a periodontist at that point in time when I got out in practice, 12 years goes by and I decide I want to become a prosthodontist. And I, while I'm practicing dentistry, I'm doing cross as well. And I finally in 2004 became a prosthodontist. So I've been practicing since that point in time in my career though, I've now practiced with Greg Kenzer and Frank up in Seattle. I practice with Bill Robbins. So I practice with some of the best people in the world. Um, But the other cool thing is I come from a town, you know, like I said, small East Texas town, but I have friends all over the world now that I can call them anytime and get favors from. I was in Europe a few years ago and I go to dinner with, with good friends. They bring me into their house Uh, You and I were talking about friends we have in common that we've done all kinds of things with. So for a young dentist to realize that dentistry can be bigger than what they ever imagined is what I hope they hear in that little story. That somebody that was just muddling through dental school and was pretty worthless in dental school can have an opportunity to be in a position like I'm at is pretty amazing. So I would. I, I know that I I have an advantage in that student loans weren't the way they are now. I get that, and there are pressures that they're going to face that I didn't have to face. Um, but man, there are so many opportunities in dentistry. It is the coolest profession out there, and the stuff we're going to talk about today is evolving dentistry so fast, and it's going to make it so exciting that anyone just coming out is going to have a great ride if they want it. Um, And you just have to make the decision that you're going to, and in the topic we'll discuss um, that you're going to go beyond what they taught you in dental school of just dealing with broken things and disease things. And you're going to try to make a difference in people's lives. So,
0: yeah, but there's a different introduction. That is awesome. Actually, i have never heard that before. I love it. How you just kind of pivoted on me and, like shared a little bit more, but, uh, that's pretty awesome. And again, if you're a young listener, uh, I would echo the same sentiment that Jeff said. I mean, this is just an incredible profession of all the things I could have done in my life. It's incredibly noble. The relationships are so powerful. It's really a good person industry. That's the way I describe it to my friends. Like you meet good people everywhere committed. And I don't think there's ever been a better time to be a dentist. And so I I get it. If you feel like you're struggling, keep moving. That's, a, that's what I would say. And keep connecting because one connection leads to another. And at the end. Yeah. Yeah, pretty-
1: yeah. You know, the other thing, the other thing I'll throw in there is, um, I mean, my, I always, I read a book called the Celestine prophecy years ago, which basically is you have to be prepared and listen to the message and be open to the message and be willing to, to take a chance to move on and, and prepare yourself. But It really, it also requires you to take some risks. I mean, in the middle of my career, which was going pretty darn well, I decided I wanted to be a prosodonist. And I figured out a way that I could do that where I would work, I would go to pros in the morning and I would work in my practice in the afternoon to keep it going. And I mean, it was, that led me to be able to do, to practice with Kenzer and Spear, to then be able to teach at Spear Education, to... I mean, I I took a chance to go up to Bill Robbins, who was teaching our gifted and talented and ask him if I could participate in their events. So you've got to be willing to, to put yourself out there in order to make things happen uh, and be ready, you know, whether the answer is yes or no, but be ready because you got to put in a bunch of effort. I mean, I, it's not like, all of a sudden anything came easy. I was working my ass off for four years to get it, but man, the payoffs are phenomenal. If yeah. you, I mean, it's just, I mean, well, just to get to know you. I mean, I would have done it all over again, just to know you. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: now you're full of it. It was, you were, you had me until that last comment, but uh, no, I mean, it, I, I mean, I'm joking with you, but i also like, mm, you know, there are times where I'm like, I, I mean, I've said this before, I flunked out of college, like not once, but like twice. And it wasn't because I mean, I just wasn't really paying attention. And then, you know, to hang around with you guys. And it, I, I think you're exactly right. Like you, you just got to keep showing up. You got to keep connecting. And You know, people give you the benefit of the doubt when they like you. And if you're curious and you take notes, then you get the extra benefit of the doubt. I love more than anything meeting a young professional who's curious. I'm curious. I really want to learn more instead of meeting a young professional who's got it all figured out. You know what I mean? And it's really, it's a a great, I mean, it's a great path. And today we're going to be talking about how the path can even increase, you know, and where you can, start to really see a whole nother level of dentistry. Now I want to preface this. You, you and I were chatting before we hit the go button and um, you've been noticing this trend and you noticed it most specifically this year at the restorative Academy, but it's, it's a culmination of a lot of things. So let's talk about the question. Why interdisciplinary dentistry is just way too hard for some dentists. Why is it?
1: Um, the the first thing is you have to feel confident and competent in doing it. So you have to have the education and spend the time learning it. Um, and there are unfortunately very few places to learn that. The majority of education we have are uh, is focused on technique. Because it's, um, I mean, it's company driven a lot of it, Mm -hmm. right? It's, I learned how to do, um, I want to, I want to learn about Emacs. I want to learn about Zirconia systems. I want to learn about composites. Yeah. Cause you're going to do a procedure and the thought process is show me how to do that, that thing. And then I'll go back and, and do that thing and make more money doing that thing um or so it's it's technique materials or it's um product give me a scanner give me a milling machine get me a you know give me a laser it, it things but once again it's materials from a company or product from a company driving dentistry and unfortunately for us, it also plays into what dental school taught us, which is how to work with materials and how to work with product. So it, when we go through in dental school and put together a treatment plan, all we do is list what's broken, <clears throat> what's diseased, what I'm going to do about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's singular. It's tooth number 2 has a tooth number 31 has a they they have this and i'm going to use this technique in order to take care of it this product this machine and that's not the that's not interdisciplinary dentistry at all so our education is lacking what education we get is, not, is focused on structure and biology rather than on aesthetics and function. And even the education you can get in function and occlusion doesn't focus on the upper arch, the aesthetic part of it. It's strictly how do the lower teeth work in relationship to what you've got in the upper. So it's not giving you an overall plan. So honestly, you get down to a couple of spots that you can get that education yeah. as to how to get the teeth in the right location in the world to begin the case. So Kois yeah. is one, Spear is one, Bill and I were teaching global diagnosis, and you're pretty much done at that point in time. Yeah. Um, so, so in the whole world, you got very few options on learning how to do interdisciplinary care.
0: Yeah. So go back to this. You and I were chatting. You said one of the ways to get patients out of hygiene is that you've got to help them see, you know, interdisciplinary, which is, you know, going that route and airway has taken it to a whole nother level as where it was kind of falling on deaf ears years ago. So give us the conversation now as compared to when you guys were on your quest with GDE and it wasn't maybe so receptive or, you know, that process.
1: Can you explain that? Yeah. You said things that have changed recently and it's, uh, what I noticed uh, uh, most recently is that I'm all of a sudden, um, there are a lot of younger dentists, younger practitioners that are really starting to practice at a higher level. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and they're starting to do interdisciplinary care. And Bill and I started teaching global diagnosis in 96, or we developed it in 96, 97, started teaching it right after that. Yeah. So we've been teaching it a very long time and have had very little c- complete buy-in. Lots of people own bits of it, right. but, and it's impacted people. But really, if I was to say, you know, who is it really changed and, and evolved their practices, that number is really small. Mm-hmm. Throw airway into the mix. And all of a sudden my, people that are around me now with the airway part and how we're linking it into interdisciplinary care, now that number is bigger and bigger and bigger. It's probably in the four and a half years I've been at Spear, bigger than the entire time that Bill and I taught together. Yeah, And I think the reason is airway gives you the opportunity to get the patient out of the hygiene operatory. Whereas talking to them about their teeth are worn their teeth are in the wrong location the teeth have the gums covering them they need to be pushed back <clears throat> harder conversation to have with people much more difficult especially wear patients um malocclusions really difficult conversation because you don't want people when they're brand new to your practice to think you're just after their money right right I've been seeing oh I saw Dr. so and so for years and years and years and well you know thanks for coming over and seeing us I know he retired recently it's really great that you're in with us and and, and then you see tons of wear and you're like I can't say you got a bunch of wear that's been ignored for years cuz you're going to think I'm after your money I and So you go, well, you know, there's a lot of wear on your teeth. I'm sure he'd been monitoring it for years. We're going to continue to keep an eye on it. Well, you just monitor yourself right out of a bunch of dentistry that needs to be done. And it's true of a lot of different things in that we just kind of don't want to rock the boat. We'll wait till something breaks before we actually you know, tell them that they need something more, right? So, structure and biology have to break down before we're willing to look deeper into what's going on in the majority of our patients. When airway came around, the discussion changed. And you can get people out of the hygiene operatory now. And the way you do it is the same patient with wear on their teeth and malocclusion and all the rest. Today, all you do is say, you know, it's interesting because you got I'm noticing you have some wear on your teeth and your teeth are somewhat crowded. When you smile big, I don't see the smile, you know, that kind of Hollywood, big, broad smile. I don't see that with you. The thing that I, the, what I mentioned though is it's interesting because the current literature is telling me that people with smiles like yours and people with wear on their teeth like yours typically have a very difficult time breathing while they're asleep how long has your wife complained about your snoring? Or the other question I ask people that I don't think are full-blown apnex is I'll ask them, how do you sleep at night? Do you wake up at 3.10 in the morning? One of those two questions will usually elicit a response. Yep. And if it does, now we have the hook we need to get them to come back for a more comprehensive evaluation. Yeah. So I've told them what I'm seeing Can be an airway issue, can be an unhealthy condition. It could also look like I've got a patient coming tomorrow that I was looking at their medical and they have hyper, they've got all these disease processes that are happening at a very young age. And I could look at that and go, you know, it's interesting. The newer science is telling us people that have these things wrong with them medically typically have difficulty sleeping and breathing at night. Mm -hmm. How long has your wife complained about your snoring? Now you've linked into it. Well, all I want the airway part to be is a way to get them to come back to do a more thorough dental evaluation. Now, when I tell them you need orthodontics, you need your teeth moved, you need your teeth fixed, I'm doing it under the guise of making them healthier. I can't promise them they're going to be all better, but I can promise, you know, completely better and cured, but I can promise them if you do these things, it will be a positive change. A little or a lot, don't know, but we're going to get a better smile with better function and you're going to be a little or a lot healthier in the end of this process. Yeah. So now I've got young dentists that are insecure about, talking about wear on teeth and the patients are coming to the hygienist and they're you know rushing around they can go in there and very quickly get the patient out of the hygiene operatory and into their operatory where they have an opportunity to do a more comprehensive evaluation and pre- and then take the time to present a more comprehensive treatment plan yeah but whereas before that patient would be gone They would have never had a discussion with the patient. And I think that's why I'm now seeing this increase in younger dentists doing what I'm going to call better dentistry, at least more exciting dentistry, more profitable dentistry than they ever have before. Um, It's not because of the way we now teach it at Spear versus how Bill and I taught it. It's because airway looks at skeletal and and dental alveolar as it relates to the skeleton differently than we ever have it adds this extra piece so yeah that's why i think yeah
0: and don't you think we're getting a lot of help now too i mean you can't turn on a tv without hearing about better night's sleep. You can out buy mattresses, you can buy pillows, you can buy all these things. And if you open up a glass of wine on a Friday night with a whole bunch of couples in your kitchen, you know, 75% of them have sleep challenges, whether it be male or female. I mean, one time, I mean, I don't mind sharing this. When, when I just met you, I had some challenges. And then I, I remember being so self conscious as I was going on this path to breathe better, you know, doing the CPAP, which I know is a band aid to start. And then I was so nervous to tell any of my neighbors. And I found out like 75% of my cul-de-sac, I'm like, we have been friends forever. And you have been on a CPAP for how many years? It's like, and now it's like common. So I think dentistry is getting a little bit of help, don't you? At least some, with some, I mean, we all know that sleep is an important piece of oh, yeah. this, you know,
1: um, which is yeah, an exciting absolutely. thing. And then go back to but this. It's even. Oh no, you go. It, go. It's even better in that because there are so many people being treated with regiments like CPAP and stuff that don't want to be on it. Right. It also offers you an opportunity to have discussions you've never been able to have before. Yeah. You know, I, I get a fair number of people that'll say, "Oh yeah, I do have, you know, I don't snore anymore, but I, you know, that's because I got my CPAP." Well, how you doing with it? Oh God, I hate that thing. Or are you interested in pursuing some options where you might be able to at least turn down the pressure? Right. I mean, it. it Airway gets people in for comprehensive evaluations and it gets them to do more complex, comprehensive dentistry than I've ever had opportunities to do before.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, you're not going to do this, but I'm going to do it. You know, I'll give you a lot of credit because you were really good and still are amazing at dispelling the rumor that, you know, sleep apnea or breathing issues is for the heavy male patient. I mean, it, that was just, that was a box that we put everything in. It's just not true anymore. And now the conversation is so big. We're now, you know, talking about kids and everything and paddle and skeletal. So I, it's just an exciting conversation. Go back to this. So of this group, You know these these young stallions you've been running with, and I'm having fun with you. But like you, you're seeing them, and it's not so much that they're getting heavy into airway; it's that they're thinking better when they look at the treatment planning process. Right? I mean, go on that journey if you're a young dentist listening to this. How does that work, and what are you noticing?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, and I guess the first thing you, you. you're talking about young stallions and stuff like that it it's um for me as an educator it's the coolest you know and i'm sure you've gone through the same deal where when you first started talking it was all about you like you know oh. i'm i'm hot i'm hot you know cuz i'm up in front of this whole right deal and i've got this room full of people and this is about me, me 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 yeah And that passes pretty quickly when you're on all these airplanes and then it becomes a job and and it becomes a job that wears you down pretty fast. Sure. Um, So I would, I mean, it was, it's a, it's tough, but then to now be on the other side of all that and have all these new people coming out and, seeing the world the way that I see it and doing really well. I love that part. So I just, I had a, I had one of them send me a podcast that she was on this morning. I just, so while I was set at my desk, I would, I would listen to her talking and, and to hear her talking and hear my voice in there somewhere. Oh yeah. And yet beyond my voice, it was her voice that, that created a new, a new, you know, you know, a new story. It was so cool. So anyway, back the, as a young dentist, I guess the end of that long little moment was, um, there, there are people out there that want to help you yeah. be better than what you're right now. And, and to achieve better than they are, if you want to be, if you're excited enough to be one of the best, there are lots of people that are willing to help you get there. Yeah and I um, but I know this put out.
0: Yeah, I know this about you and I would tell you like that what you just said is absolutely true like when you if you ever do any speaking or teaching it's all about like it, you're all in your head about like I got to impress these people and then you realize oh it's not about me I got a, a great sermon like a great sermon is never about the person that, you're like that guy was talking to me <laughs> like he was telling my story and that's I had a coach one time say "Your are a lecturer is never about you it's it, the person it has to like they've got to feel it and that's a tra- now the other transition that happens that I know that you're pretty happy about is there's nothing better than nothing gives you greater joy when this kid that you mentored she goes farther than you do do you know what I mean like that yeah. brings you so much joy like you 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 actually feel so much significance watching a young female dentist go way farther than you and you just
1: yeah. smile, yeah. right? And, yeah. And I've got a bunch of them that are doing that right now. So yeah, yeah it's, it's very, very cool. Um, so your question, how, if I was a young dentist, how to go about doing the. Hey, I just enjoy process.
0: talking to you so much. I forgot my own questions. So <laughs> let's go back.
1: I, 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 I kind of went about off on it. I kind of went off on a tangent. We there. did. And I that's, know. That's, that's kinda I, how- I, I, want, I You know, when you, when you started by saying young dentist it, It just, I, um, for so many years, I was so competitive with everyone and it's what got me where I am. I mean, I got to be, I am, I am a good prosthodontist. I can do good dentistry. And I think as well as I think most, I can think as well as most anybody think through things. So I'm pretty darn good at what I do. And it was because I wasn't going to let anyone be better than me. And then I worked with Greg Kinzer and I was like, oh crap, he's better than me. And, yeah. but it made me better. I could never catch up to him cause he's phenomenal with his hands, but maybe a better dentist. And I was still competitive, but I, and then when I would teach people, I would be competitive. Like I didn't want them somehow getting, you know, I, I want you to learn, but I want you to learn that well. And now I'm like, take it all. And I'm I want you to. I want you to Whatever I got is yours, and make it better. I'll listen to you, and I'll steal from you down the road. <laughs> yeah. um, young dentists need they need to know that they they there are people that want to help them, and and a study club format is probably the best way to go about doing that. Mm-hmm. And the two that I've been associated with are Seattle Study Club and Spear Study Clubs. Yep. And they both have their own advantages and disadvantages, um, but they're both critical. In fact, if you can be in both, it's even better. If you could figure out a way to get in both of them, it's, that would be awesome because you get the advantages. You just take the advantages of both of them. But if I'm young, <clears throat> I'm getting in a study club in my town and I'm sucking it up and paying whatever the money is to, to do that. And then I'm educating myself less in technique and product and more in how to do, how to treatment plan better. Yeah. Because once I learn that, then the technique stuff follows. Cause I got to have, I got to have somebody to work on. Right. And I don't want to be working one tooth at a time. I want to be working on, 10 or 14 or a whole mouth, 28 teeth. I want to work on a bunch of teeth at a time. And then I want them to pay me fee for service rate rather than insurance rates. And so there's an evolution that comes and you have to follow the sequence, which is learn how to treatment plan first, put all your effort into learning how to treatment plan. And that includes components of occlusion, as well as smile design, as well as airway things. Once you got that nail, now you can start feeding these other things into it.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Now, let's go back to the original and I'll ask your question in a different
1: well, way. Well, let, let me, I'm going to ask you a question first. Oh yeah, okay. Because you work with fitness all over, right? right? The practices you work with that are, that really know how to treatment plan uh-huh. are easier for you to work with. And grow than people that are, am I right? I don't know. One hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you're you nailed it. Like, I, I think in order for you to do fee for service dentistry, the stuff that you've been called to do. You can't just get off of insurances. You got to do exactly what Dr. Rouse. said. I mean, you got to be really good at something. People have to come to you for a reason. Like Jim McKee is one of my favorite. Like what he does, I think is the hardest thing in the world. I actually don't even think he's a dentist. I tried to Google him one time. I couldn't find a website. Like he gets all (laughs) these patients coming in and he loves it. He loves that puzzle at that level. But he has chosen a specific discipline that people need and a lot of other dentists don't want to treat. And he's the man. Do you know what I mean? And people will gladly reach into their pockets and pay. And, you know, the whole treatment planning process, I mean, the fulcrum for Seattle Study Club and, you know, a lot is just the, it's well, number one, it's the people. But number two, it's like, how do we think better and treatment plan better? Because I'm going to screw this quote up. And I always do. There's multiple treatment plans, but there's only one diagnosis. And in the world, you know, it, it it's all it's all about following that process and i think you can choose your path now i want to ask you this question when it comes back to interdisciplinary dentistry and why it's too hard for some dentists do you see the path getting better than it was years ago do you see more people going the interdisciplinary route because they know more of airway the percentage is getting larger ultimately or are the percentages still going to be the same for the most part
1: Um, that's a good question. Um the problem is people call airway stuff that it's not. yeah, they continue to call sleep appliances airway. Like I focus on airway in my practice. Well, what do you do? Well, I make sleep appliances. That's not airway. That's holding the air holding the jaw forward at night so people breathe better. That's not airway. Airway is about focusing on the the poorly developed skeleton it, or developing or developed skeleton that has altered the patient's ability to breathe nasally and changing that environment back to a more healthy environment hopefully at three or four years old mm-hmm. but no matter what age it hap- happens to show up in your office. So airway is, if you think about it, from dental, in a dental term, um, airway is never accepting the wax rim that you've been given for a denture, always evaluating it and modifying it before you ever set teeth. So if the wax rim is too small, we have as dentists been just accepting it and trying to get the teeth to fit the best we can. And what the wax rim is telling you is it's unhealthy. So if – I have a lot of words here, but if you look at a – if you were to put a wax rim in and the wax rim is deficient in any dimension; that person is unhealthy, mm-hmm. and could be better if you move the dimensions into a more normal position. Now, if you follow that logic out, you would also have a prettier smile and better function. Yeah. So, um, so do is it going to get better? Um, it's getting better for the people I'm around. There you go. Yeah. I guess that's my only answer because no one else is teaching this. Yeah. You know, Kinzer and I, Greg Kinzer is a prosodonist that also is one of the lead or is the lead teacher at Spear. And, um, and he, um, he, he practiced with Frank Spear for years and Bob Winter. And me. <laughs> I like that. Um, and we, on our treatment planning course, on the last day, we will treatment plan cases that people bring us. And what we notice is that the maxilla is off on all the cases. It's routinely off. It's routinely retronathic or in a transverse, too narrow, something to that effect. And the science is caught up to our our conjecture, and the science is now supporting our thought, which is that those people are unhealthy. So we've got the science to prove that now. And we were teaching, I don't know, maybe January. I think it was the, the course then. And we happened to, in the middle of going over one of these cases, look at each other and say, There's nowhere in the world teaching this right now. There's nowhere. If you want to go there, there isn't. There's nowhere in the world teaching that you ought to alter the maxilla to get a person healthier and get the teeth in the right location. That that doesn't exist. And yet, science is saying that's what you ought to do, especially in the world of the ENT. Yeah. ENT literature is coming out and is replete now with information suggesting that maxillas need to be altered, need to be changed. And we've known for years it needs to be done in kids early on. So your question is, is it changing? It changes in my world because I'm seeing a bunch of great dentists that are really amazing now, doing amazing stuff because they've incorporated it. But I'm also seeing a bunch of people that are going to places and learning information and doing better dentistry, but not evolving to that that particular level. So yeah. I think that's the difference. Absolutely. So, awesome, somebody. Well, I know we're
0: only starting the conversation here. I have so many other topics I want to cover. And yes, you will win the award for most frequented guest. <laughs> <laughs> Any last thoughts, Jeff Rouse, on this whole topic before we wrap it up? Because I,
1: I know I know I hope uh, I hope it came across that for the younger dentists that are paying, uh, that are listening is that uh, and I'll say it again, that there are people that want to mentor you. Yeah. Um, study club is a great way to go about doing it. Um, focus your education on the big picture and not the small payoff. Decide you're going to set aside some money to, to pay for better continuing education rather than just the, uh, although you and I enjoy the Texas Dental Association meeting, it's not, you're not going to grow as a dentist going there. You're going to just get some some sense of where to go next. Um, and I think podcasts can do that just as well nowadays, as yeah. many opportunities as there are there. Um, but I guess my biggest hope is that we can we can get more and more young dentists that want to grow and become really excellent clinicians of the entire mouth. And don't just focus on the structure and biology issues to really help patients refine their smile and their function and become healthier because it is it it's so much more valuable for the patient and it is so much more exciting for the dentist. I mean, I've been out since 1988 and I get more excited now than I was before because of this evolution. I love trying to figure out these puzzles. Yeah. And I would urge everyone to to really dive into it because it is it Dentistry is a blast when you do that. And it's just, um, it's just a drain. If all you're doing is working on, you know, ones and twos all the time, get, do something bigger, see a bigger picture.
0: Amen, brother. Love it. Love it. Love it. now, I also want people to be able to see what you're up to. So Jeff, if I'm listening and I want to get more involved in what you're doing, either at Spear,
1: like, where can I go? Like, wh- what do I do? speareducation.com speareducation.com we're teaching um airway has two workshops this year we're going to actually split it off next year it'll be we're creating two different workshops because the concept of airway is too big to just have one one of the airway workshops will be about the airway itself and the impact it has on health and the impact it has neurocognitively, attention deficit, those types of issues. Um, And what what we can do about it, what what types of care, including sleep appliances. And the other one is going to be advanced treatment planning, which is the stuff we just talked about. How do I take a treatment plan that I used to do this way and evolve it to become more of a health-based treatment plan and get better smiles and function. So one will be about the, the biology of the system and some of the solutions that are more mechanically based. And the other is going to be take all that information and go, okay, now become this bigger dentist and, uh, and, and really play a great, you know, move forward in your community yeah I love it so we're gonna put the show notes in there so
0: if you're listening on Spotify Stitcher iTunes you can flip up to the show notes you'll be able to see links to all that so thank you brother for being on appreciate you as always Thanks, awesome. and I gotta find Thanks. out the next time you're gonna be hosting one of your cool parties at your house cause I'm coming <laughs> and I don't even care if I'm invited I'm just gonna show up so uh, <laughs> dilemma. Oh, dude, those are the best. You're the best. So stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. If you enjoyed today, which I know you did, do us a favor. Hit the share button and share this with your friends because we always love, you know, meeting new people and our community grows as you only share it and keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. And I'll get Jeff back again and again and again. So until we see you guys next time, keep watching the best Practices Show. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. There you have it. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Best Practices Show. I hope you sure did enjoy it. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are always here for you. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you consume podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, you can leave a comment or a four or five star review. But until we see you next time, keep watching the best practices show.